1: Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. I hope everybody's having a great day today. Uh, we have the honor of having uh, Mr. Marcus Merchant in the house. My brother, how you doing, my man?
2: Doing good, man. Trying to keep my head above water and oh. keep busy and stay out of trouble. You know how it is. I uh, keep up with you, man.
0: Doing
1: those, that, are, uh, those are a tall order. Hard. <laughs> those, are, those, those tasks right there that you announced, those are a tall order. Mainly staying out of trouble. Uh, yeah, yeah. But my uh, man, uh, why don't you share with the crowd, with the audience that's listening, what you do and, and, and what I like to do with my guests is I, let them, I let, like them to let them start the story where they want to, and then they can kind of frame the picture. Okay.
2: Um, so my, my earned income job is in IT. I, I do IT for a company out in Southern California. Um. My, my passion and, and my future is, is real estate investing. So uh, this year really turned that on, um, got started slowly, got a you know turnkey property, and, and, uh, and yeah, just trying to steamroll it from there. So under contract I'm a couple right now, and, and my focus really um, mid next year is that, that my wife will no longer have to, to work her regular job. She's a school teacher, and so, as you can imagine, it's been pretty hectic and crazy. Uh, This year with the whole distance learning and public education, and politics and everything else. So uh, that's our goal, Southern California, but investing out of state and and doing it all remote. So it's quite a learning
1: experience for sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll ask you because I might know the answer to this, but what, how old are you right now?
2: Uh, Forty-three, just turned forty-three. Okay.
1: Is there any part of you that wish that you would have known what you know now at twenty-three when you started working?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I take everything in a a couple ways. One, right, if I hadn't gone through what I went through in in, you know
0: previous eras
2: of my life, and I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Um, So no, no regrets. But at the same time, yeah, if I would have done started this twenty years ago, I'd be in a completely different
1: place. And I, and I only wanted to highlight that because I would say on a weekly basis, I probably meet about five guys that are 40 or 50 and they wish they had the time available now. And when I'm barking, whatever you want to call it, or or ranting to these young kids, I'm trying to drive home the point that once you meet these guys, you'll understand that every, every minute you waste in your, in your early twenties, not creating passive income is, is, is is minutes in your 40s and 50s and 60s you're going to be wishing you had that?
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, at hit, hit my age, you know, I've got a few kids now. And, and you know, I don't want to say that, that life has passed me by, but you know, there's definitely pieces of where I wish I could have been more present having that, you know, passive income to be financially free or, or determine what I want to do with my own time. That's the whole purpose of why I'm doing this. I want my time back income uh, income's great and all, but I want my time. So now as you get older, your time becomes more valuable to you than you are when you're younger. When you're younger, you got to build that income. So you have that time, you are able to take that back when you hit my age for sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And cause, just because I know a little bit, you know, if you feel comfortable sharing some stories about previous things that you've overcame and kind of paint the picture of how you got to be this guy, this, this striking young man that I see today. Cause, uh, it yeah. probably wasn't, you know, our, me up. All right. story, our, story, our stories are pretty similar. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's interesting. I went growing up in, in you know, early twenties and living on my own at an early age, at the age of 19. And, you know, I, uh, a lot of changes in my life. I know, I know one for you, you've lost a ton of weight in the last, you know, 12, 18 months or so. And, and I used to be, uh, I used to be 320 pounds and, um, I had a, a weight loss surgery nine years ago and it, it just, it, it changed my whole outlook on life. I had, uh, uh, my oldest and at the time, and you know, determined, you know, I can't, I gotta be around for her. So I gotta, I gotta change that. And, um, but I didn't stop my other bad habits. And I'm still still drinking heavily at the time. And, you know, it just, it got worse and worse and worse and so five years ago uh, i mean I was, in, I was in rehab 30-day rehab program and flat broke you know basically homeless and you know was was you know crashing with my parents or you know i had a I had a fiance at the time but that was obviously on the rock on the rocks for obvious reasons and uh and but she's she stuck it out and and you know basically helped me get my shit together and The rehab came out and I know it's five, five years sober. So in the last five years, you take that, that, that addiction, you know, what you, whatever you want to call it. Mine was alcohol. You can call it whatever you want. It's a, you know, it's whatever that demon is. And you just got to put that focus elsewhere. And that's, that's what I've done with not only with my, my earned income career, right? That's completely the same field, but completely different method of of looking at it and, and going to work and grinding every day. Um, But also to that next level, right? Where I'm, you know, I got to build myself, build my family, build that that passive income so I can get the time and teach my kids, you know, work ethic and and overcoming obstacles and difficulties and realizing that there's always something better out there. You always got to be striving for something, right? You might hit a plateau, you might hit your goal or target in in one thing, but you got to be prepared for what's next
1: and keep moving, keep busy. Mm And, you know, when you told me your story, it's like, I look at our life and I was thinking about this yesterday when I was working out. It's like some of us, you know, maybe a little hard headed than most, some of us had to, uh, to go through a lot, right. To be able to come out the other side and and we're better for it. It doesn't mean that we weren't, it doesn't mean that we don't have scars. It doesn't mean that we don't have memories. Right. But we're, we're redefining who we are. But, but what we're also doing is leading by example and, and, and kind of shedding some light on, on maybe some problems that other people um, can't see for themselves. Right. And, 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 and I know that I would imagine that you get a lot of fulfillment um, out of helping somebody maybe in, in life and, and you're, you're learning, you're always learning. You know, I love that about you. You're, you're, you're trying to educate yourself. And, and I would imagine when you do, get financially free, you'll have a lot more time freed up to, to give back. Right. And I think that's where I get my most fulfillment. And I was just curious how, what you think about all that.
2: Yeah. hundred percent, man. Like some of the things I've done, you know, I've, I've become a, a branch counselor for a company called forces financials and, and I'm running the, the community outreach program here. Right. My, my goal and focus with that is to, to help kids, right. Make sure kids have opportunities and see opportunities and, and, take those opportunities to, to better themselves and, and you know we were out took my kids out to, to handle out thanksgiving dinners a couple of weeks ago and you know giving trying to give back and let them they get that i get that good feeling doing those types of things and, and seeing people's smiles on their faces and you know that the gratefulness that comes out of doing things like that and i want my kids to do that and see that and enjoy those things too and I think ultimately for me, I know one of my goals in the real estate is, is to get into some of the social housing, right? Being able to have a sober living facility or a, you know, boys and girls club or a, a kid's program where they can come after school and, you know, have mentors or have life coaches or, you know, even if it's just a big brother, play basketball, whatever. You know, give them a, a, a safe place to be where they can grow, you um, you know, both from an education standpoint, but also from a personal standpoint, and know that there's something better out there. If they're willing to put in a little work and a little hustle and go get it. You gotta go get it.
1: Yeah. Because it's interesting, you know, and I talk to a lot of my coaching clients or some of them in recovery, getting the real estate and so on and so on. And I think there's a mentality that I can't stand in the recovery space, whether or not you use for a year or use for 20 years, where they're just trying to get people to survive. And, and I get that and, and I respect that. And, and obviously it's what I'm trying to do when I get a hold of somebody too, but there needs to be something on the other side of that they can hold on to that's gonna continue for them to create a lifestyle that they want. And that's why we say, we don't wanna survive, we wanna thrive. And that's why you know, I, I see the avenues of business, real estate, personal development over and over again. And, and what I tell a lot of these guys and they don't realize it at the time. So I was like, you're a coach like you're a coach, like, will you get paid for it? I don't know. But but I know that you'll help enough people, right? And my coach, you know, it's been been in the space for 15 years, and he's helped thousands of people, millions of people. And if you've experienced something, and you've been through it, and let's say you're 1% or one year ahead of somebody where they are, then you can mentor, you can coach. And I don't think people... They, they don't look at their story as it matters, right? Like who wants to hear my story? But but you don't know who you're inspiring. And, and that's why I think there's so much power in social media used properly, podcasting used properly, and then just speaking in general. And that's why I think it's such a powerful tool um, that people don't, you know, they, I, I hear this all the time. Well, I don't have a story to share. I've only invested in one property. Yeah, but you, you've invested more than like, 60% of people. So like, yes, you have a story to tell and they can attach themselves to that story more than they can some guy that has 6,000 units. And I think that's what I'm trying to impart on people is that you have a story.
2: Yeah. You, you always got to go on to share who you are because you, you don't always know who your audience is or who you're helping or, you know, it could be a little a little tiny nugget that they pick up from it that they take and, and run with it. I know, I know when I went through, through everything years ago, you know, five years ago or so that people sharing. Yeah. Some of it I listened to, some of I didn't, other things really hit home. And if they hadn't shared that, would I be where I'm at? I don't know. I, I don't know. But you know, you, you got to share a story and it's something that you know, I've struggled with, with a long time for me. Like this is, this is not something I've ever really talked about in any kind of public forum other than some of those, you know, mm-hmm. AA rooms and whatnot. And so this is a really an opening opening up for me but i think i'm to the point in my life where you know i need i need to be comfortable with who i am and where i came from and know that i'm on the right trajectory now and, and you know i have faith that I'm, I'm making the right decisions and good decisions whether it be for my kids and my family or anyone who might hear this right and if i put it out there and you mentioned the coaching and you know getting getting something for it well you know multiple levels of that, right? You have the monetary compensation, sure, but the other thing might be, you know, it makes yourself feel better, right? Helping someone else mm-hmm. makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if I die and, and a thousand people show up, say, you know what? He was a good motherfucker. Yeah. He helped me and he doesn't even know he helped me. That's all I want. I'm going to, you know, be able to say, you know what? I know him. I didn't know him well. I didn't know him personally, but I heard him talk or I knew him from some level or whatever. And, and he he made he made me just a little little bit better changed my life just a
1: little bit. Well more importantly, what people don't get, <laughs> call me selfish, whatever you want to call it because I know my coach too, when you help people, you're actually fixing yourself also. Oh, like, 100%. You know, and it's like this binary product that people don't understand, you're like you're like, "Oh my god, I just realized what I did," right? And 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 so that could be you know, a brother, a sister, somebody you meet at the coffee shop. And that's why I think it's so powerful to create an attitude where your head's up high, you're not playing the victim, and you're seeking opportunity at all fronts, right? Because I was talking to a guy yesterday. You're not to get woo woo, but your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between reality and 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 fake. So why wouldn't you tell it positive things, Right. And then that's going to seep in your mind. And why wouldn't you be positive? And then over time, that's just going to be the the state that you carry with you. And then that opportunities will show up even more and more.
2: Yeah. And, and part of it, too, is you, when, when you play the victim, you're never going to see the opportunity. They're there in front of you. And you just don't see it. And, and you know, when you get out of that mentality and being like, you know, screw it, whatever happened in the past, happened in the past. It is what it is. You know, I've got to learn from it and grow from it, you know, and, and, and move on. That's, that's really what it comes down to is putting it behind you. You know, and, am I happy with a lot of the things or the things I put my family through? Whatever? No, I'm not. But you know what? Don't have regrets because they got me where I am today. And they're they're happy with who I am today. We've got good relationships. You know, rebuild a lot of those. And it takes time, sure. But you know what? It's, that's what it's about. It's learning and growing. So it's moving forward that's all you got to do. And I just
1: keep moving forward. And, and so let's talk about the real estate. Let's hear, how did you get turned on to, I mean, look, I would imagine somebody in business knows the idea of real estate, right? You've owned houses, but what really was the turning point for you? Because it's not easy, right? And I'm trying to paint a picture for people that have kids that have a wife that have a regular job, that it is possible Right. And and so I'm just trying to understand what really was the catalyst for for understanding that you needed to make a change like today or when you started.
2: You know, I'm not trying. I'm trying to remember if there's any like single catalyst, but I I think it got into a a conference, right? One of the the elite, I think it was elite education, the rich dad, whichever one, which. I'll I'll refrain from from comments on on my feelings on that one. (laughs) but. You know, I think there's so much information out there that you can get without spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, and then when you're ready to make that move, then you go on to that next level. But for me, heard about it. You know, and it's been in my mind. I started reading. You know, Rich Dad Poor Dad, Cashflow Flow Quadrant. Um, you know, I got into watching Grant Cardone. You know, and, and he's he's an animal. That guy's an animal. Um, and and honestly, it's not like considering. And thinking about, and I was on a red eye. I was on a red eye going to Detroit for, for work. And this this guy sits next to me. He's a bigger guy. I could see he's frustrated. He got stuck in the middle seat, right? This is on Spirit Air, right? So it's not exactly the high-end airline either. Dude,
1: that's a, that's a, like, that's a rough. That's <laughs> Look, I got a ticket one time, flew across the country from San Diego to Florida. I'm not saying it's a bad airline, but it's a tight airline. You know, you yeah. you know what you're getting with that price. <laughs> yeah, the nice thing is, with,
2: though, for an extra seventy five bucks, you get a first class seat. You don't get any amenities, right? But you get a big seat. But this one, this one I had a regular seat, and then he was, he was a bigger guy, and I was like, you know what? I used to be that guy. I used to be a guy in the plane who did everything to avoid middle seats because I'm, you know, I, I, I myself was uncomfortable, I felt like I was making other people uncomfortable. So I just started rapping with him. I was like, hey, you know, where are you from? redo do, you do it? and it turns out he was into real estate. He was flying to, D. he lived in L.A. And get all his real estate out in Detroit, and it just it just kind of clicked. I was like, "Wow, this guy's you know he's living in St. Mary. I'm I'm in L.A. area, and he's going out there to do it because it's it's daunting when you're in a uh, such a inflated market or expensive market like I'm in, right? I don't want to I don't have the money to to I didn't have the money to buy a, a five hundred thousand dollar talent town, two bedroom townhome, right? And, try and rent it out or, or eat the eat the cost on it on a monthly basis for, for appreciation. It just doesn't work. So in talking to him, uh, you know, I got on his man list and just off and on with them for almost a year. Then finally a year came up and talked to my, my wife. I was like, look, we, we got to do something. And one of them came up. I was like, you know what? This is one we're jumping on. She's like, how we're we doing it. I'm like, I have no idea, but I'm going to sign a contract anymore. Right. we did. And it was learned some things. You know, you always hear these, oh, hard money is easy to get. Well, on a Fifty thousand dollar property, forty thousand dollar property. Hard money lenders don't care, right? And and on an individual, they don't do individual, right? Because they have to, to worry about, you know, predatory lending and whatnot. So, had a buddy who's going to go with me, and, and and that didn't work out uh, last minute. And I was like, well, what the hell am I going to do now? I got about half the cash that I can pay for the rest of it. And I just told the guy, I said, look, this the situation is. So I got this of finance. Great, another check mark on my belt. I learned how to do seller financing, whether I, I'd wanted to or not, and and then just kind of sat on it for a while and didn't do a whole lot. And this is February this past year. We literally closed on year, on February 29th, right? And then two weeks later, pandemonium hit, right, with, with COVID and whatnot. And uh, luckily for me, this one happened to be a Section 8 tenant, so I had no, no issues collecting rent. It was, you know, government-funded rent. um, And then just started talking to other people, gotten we were in a we we're in a you know group together with with Jonathan and, and just started talking to people in there and it's like, you know what it's time it's time to make more more moves, you know, being comfortable or not. So we got, got two flips now going on in, in southern Indiana. And um one of them was an all you know, we did it all cash with a with a friend of mine, uh, a friend I've known for like, I don't know, twenty five years and he happens to live in Colorado now. And um, and the other one we we went the hard money route. So that was another learning experience. That's another, you know, check mark under my belt. I am learning. So now in my goal for next year is I'm going to tie up an private contract.
1: If okay. I want
2: to, I'm going to.
1: Okay. And, and I would imagine, because this is one of the things I hit on the most with, with definitely newer investors is the initial fear of the aspects of buying your first property are, are real. They're very real. They're there, it's a lot of money. But I've also seen, once you get past the initial one, man, you start knocking them off left and right. And it's almost like a a muscle, right? Over and over again. And and wouldn't you agree that's kind of the scenario?
2: Oh, 100%. Like that, that fear goes away, right? And for me, I've always been a little bit fearless in in that regard, you know, for, for better or for worse, right? And, you know, if you're gonna Tie up something for you know ten, fifteen, twenty grand. You know what? I used to easily blow that in a year on on, on booze, right? Easy, easy. And it's it's not you know come on, you're you're getting an asset with it and you're yeah. learning experience. And that's what a quarter of the cost of two years of school. If you were you know if you're paying for an education to go to a university, I-, I mean come on.
1: I just told this story yesterday on a podcast. I'm curious this happened to me. I had the best year financially at my W2 job I ever had. Like when I did my taxes, I was like, good Lord. Like I worked my ass off. I made good money. Like I was making money as I go. But then I did my taxes and looked at my bank account and I had no money. And I was like, well, hold on. Where's the money? Oh, oh it went in the nice cars we have, the booze, the, the bullshit, the, the nice apartment. And that's when I started scaling back my life and riding the bus. And and it, it really takes, you know, some of those moments where more importantly, like I get it. You live in California. It's crazy expensive, but, but your dream is to move to the Midwest. And because that's, because that's because you're currently at a place where you are comfortable with who you are. So what your house looks like, what your car looks like, what everything, you don't care about that. You just want time. And a lot of people, it takes a really long time to understand this concept. But when you can lock in this concept and understand that if your car's paid off and it still drives like it's fine, because I'd rather go buy a thirty unit or twenty unit that's going to spit off cash to go buy the car. I always, remember, I always remember the statement in the Rich Dad Poor Dad. He owned three condos, and he was sleeping in a damn Porsche because he didn't want to buy a house. But the but the condos were paying for the Porsche, and that yeah. and that's what I was like. <laughs> Okay. I see the whole game here. Like you really want to get those assets because it's funny. We did a mastermind with Bruce Peterson and I thought I knew about syndication. I really did. I thought I knew, but I knew that on the syndicator, you got your, your upfront fee and I knew you got a fee when you sell. I did not know you got a fee monthly cash flow. And yep. then I was yep. like, then I was like, Holy shit. Like this now, granted, I know syndication is the rage right now, but, but, what I, but what I'm trying to paint a picture of is syndication can be done with a million different ways, meaning Airbnbs, syndication with single family flips, where what I don't want to hear anymore is that, well, I need to wait a year and a half to get the money to invest. Well, no, 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 no. The money's available if the deal's right. So go get the deal and then figure out the money later. And when you can switch to that mindset, it's a game changer
2: hundred percent. Even on the, even on these flips, it was the same thing. You know, it was, it was, it's a great deal. I know it's a great deal. We're looking at it. I'm going to sign it. I'm going to sign it and figure it out on the back end. Cause then all of a sudden the hustle kicks in, right? You're like, well, shit, I'm on a time limit now. I got to get this done. However, I got to get it done. And that's what really put For me, that pressure is what pushes me to get it done and doing the research. And now I'm just, you know, next time I go in, I, I, I'm, I'm one step ahead of the next guy. Right, I've got I've got one up on the guy. The the, the other newbie he might be coming, in, and I, it gives me the opportunity to help other people. You know, I've got these. I'm in this, this little group with with four young guys. Mm-hmm. We're all you know just locked up their their first deal, and, and you know I'm I'm a guy with all of what one year experience, but I've got three three properties in it. But you yeah. know what? I've done a lot of digging and and banged my head against a lot of walls to even get those three done. So now I can help them. Right, I can I can help them and, and say, hey, these are the things to look out for on this. One of them, he was trying to look at, you know, how to house hack or flip a home. And he's up in the Seattle market, super expensive, just like here. I'm like, have you, you know, he just wanted to get a property, he wanted an income. I'm like, have you looked at turnkeys? No. What, what do you mean? I go, look at turnkey properties. If you have, you know, obviously you've got enough cash to put something down where you're at. Well, you can do that elsewhere. Turn cash flow much quicker and not have to worry about rehab or flip or burrs or anything like that.
1: Well, you're you're. You're a million times, right? I had a woman, I had a woman reach out to me, a podcast. She said, listen, I heard you talk about Airbnb on Instagram. We can't rent out our place. We just remodeled. We're thinking about doing Airbnb. I said, okay, great. Give me the details. So she gives me the details. It's in Wisconsin. And I said, look, here's my problem. It's the dead of winter. Nobody's traveling to Wisconsin. I was like, do you have to furnish the place? Yes, we have to furnish it too. I was like, so not only are you in the hole already for the remodel, you're going to have to go in the hole another 7k for the remodel and hope people rent it out. And I said, if this was June, it may be a different story, but that one conversation right there, saved them like 12 grand. And all it was was a two minute conversation because I've already done it, but it took the courage for her to reach out to me and and hope that I would respond. And so many people wanna carry their ego in the door and your ego is gonna get you homeless. That's where that's just gonna get you.
2: Yeah, and that, and that's the thing for me is like I, I you know, I, I journal on a daily basis and kind of write down and that's one of the things I always try to remind myself is is you know, don't be scared to ask ask for help. To ask what's it what's it gonna hurt, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know, I I've learned a lot, let like my my ego my ego got me in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Right, A lot of trouble over the years and, and, and putting that aside is what you know changed my life in the last, last couple of years. And you got to put that stuff aside, man. That, that shit don't matter. That shit do not okay. matter. It doesn't
1: matter who you are. 100%. And so I'm curious and I always love to ask this question. You're, you're now on your third property in a short amount of time. What, and it's a two-part question, so answer it how you feel like it. What was easier than you thought and what was harder than you thought getting your first couple of properties? Uh, easier than I thought managing them
2: after the fact. Um, you know, I, when you reach out to people in the area, right. If it's an area you're looking at and you, especially if you start talking to quote unquote normal people, right. Your everyday people, the ones that are working in hustle like you are, they don't, I don't want to say take shortcuts, but they know the avenues to go and who you can talk to who they trust. Right. So they can become someone that you trust as well. So like on these Indiana ones, it was, you know, the, the, the hard part was, you know, finding finding a, a contract that we feel we can trust, right? But now we found that we can trust managing it after the fact as, as things are going in, stuff's getting done, much easier. Which makes the second one much easier, right? Because now I know I can roll him straight into that other one and knock it out quickly to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, on the, the hard money one, um, you know, the numbers were good. But when you don't have, you don't have a lot of money to build, it's your first true flip, then it, it became a little bit harder, right? Lending requirements a little bit tougher and, and you know, the money you got to put down is a little bit more and, but you know what? I'm resourceful between me and my buddy. We're, we're resourceful and we can, we'll figure out how to get the money and, and put it down and close on it. We're due to close on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's things have been different, different pieces of it have been harder for each one um but once you flex that muscle once it it, it becomes repetitive it becomes repetitive
1: because what you're what you're what you're doing is you're setting and i think this is a bigger issue on a on a on a macro level for 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 just life in general is that people don't classify priority for emergency wise and what i mean is when you're new to it everything seems like dude when i started airbnb every text that from a guest was like raised to 15, DEF CON 30, right? And then after time, that muscle's exercise, you're like, oh, they'll be fine. And it's the same thing on a flip or buying properties out of state. You know, I have a business partner who lives in San Diego, an ex-business partner. He has 32 units in Nebraska. He's never seen them, never been to Nebraska. But he's like, I have a great property manager. I have a great agent. I don't need to be there. And, but what I, but what I was interviewing Justin Monk from Money uh, Maverick Project, Maven Project, and we, he had a great point. Each person that looks at the property, meaning the contractor, the agent, and the property manager have a different view through the lens they're looking at the property. So if you're not there, you need the different checks and balances from each crew to look at it subjectively. And what I mean by that is the contractors just looking at finishing electric, plumbing, making it nice, but the property manager is looking at it from a renter's point of view. Well, that's the actual authority on is this going to rent or not. And so, yes, the contractor might be mad at the property manager, but she's the last stopgap, right? Because you're not there. And so, these are the things that you have to learn. But if you have a team that you trust and they're and they're bought into the vision, this can all be executed through through laptops and Zoom and uh, electric signs and and all those things. And I think you know, you'll be stepping in when you do move to that market. Eventually you'll be stepping in already ready to go instead of waiting two years from now to feel comfortable to do it while you're there. And I think it's going to pay off big time um, because you're only going to be able to ramp it up that much more when you get there.
2: Yeah. hundred hundred hundred, percent. And the other thing,
1: um, the other
2: thing with it too, is that, you know, you know, it gives me the ability to be comfortable going to another market. So let's say this, this, I get tired and this market doesn't work for me anymore. It doesn't make financial sense anymore. I can, it, it, it gives me the confidence to open it up in another market. Right. And go elsewhere and know, have the confidence that I can do it remote, you know, mm-hmm. when I want to, when I need to. And that's the one thing I, I think that's been the number one question. Like, well, how the hell are you doing it without being there? Like, I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. Cause mm-hmm. I, I have to, there's ways to do it. Everyone else is, doing. It. there's no reason why I can't do it.
1: Be- because relatively like the question that you have to ask yourself is what's the option? Like, yeah. you know, like not invest, like sit on the sidelines, be scared. Well, the market's at the highest it's ever been. I know, but there's still deals to be had. Like, okay, well, guess what? And there'll be deals to have when the market's gone. So like we, we allow external voices or external circumstances to dictate how we operate in this world. You know, I read something this morning. It's very powerful. You know, the guy said motivation is bullshit. He said, it, he, said he said it's a scientific fact that external motivation leaves you. It's it, There's no possible way that it can stay with you. So the only actual dialogue that exists that can get you to where you need to go is internal confidence and self-talk. And that is the thing that'll get you up every day and keep you moving forward. And so if that's the case, well, then you can, you can listen to all, you can see all the Facebook memes you need, all the Instagram memes you need, or you can go to the Tony Robbins event, but if you're not doing what you're doing, if you're not taking action and saying, I'm going to figure it out later, well, then what are we doing, right? And I think there's, you know, people are getting charged up, but like, let's execute, right? Let's execute on what's in front of us instead of worrying about what's out here and let's handle what's right in front of us.
2: Yeah. Action has been the key key to everything. I mean, it was going out on the limb. It was, it was, you know, signing that contract and figuring out his, and action is the only way that, that these things have, have worked. And if you, I'm, I'm a big reader, right? I read about a book a week and I have for like close to three years now. So mm-hmm. I read a ton of them, a lot of them, personal development, a lot of business, you know, and, and chunks of real estate and all of them say that same thing. All these guys are successful, successful because one to educate themselves and two, they took action. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, most of the time, taking action is the best education you can get. Um, you know, all this, a lot of people, you know, you get those mentors that'll help you through it. But I'll tell you what, the difference between having a lot of people want their handheld, right? Like, oh, we'll mm-hmm. do this and then do this. No, a mentor pushes you, go figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. When you have questions about how to figure it out, let me know, right? And that's, I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is that they, they expect to be you know, red carpet thrown out for him from our mentor. Well, no, that's not what our mentor is there for. A mentor is there to push you to be better. Right. So you get comfortable doing it on your own. It's not, you know, you, you're not getting that's your hand it, held the whole time. It's,
1: one of the greatest things that I've ever heard when we started our first business was you're either operating a million dollar business or you're operating a hundred, a thousand dollar business. And how much time are you spending on topics and conversation on stuff that a week from now doesn't fucking matter. Like, you know, like, like how long are you spending getting your logo right and worried about your LLC? Like, how about you let the business drive the scale? How about you let you have so much business that you need to figure these things out instead of, you know, everybody's worried about the aesthetics instead of like getting in and working. Right. And and actually like, you know, like losing 60 pounds is work there. I'm not, I I don't give a fuck what I'm wearing at the gym. Like that's not going to do anything for me, but like going to the gym and actually like you know, dedicated, intentional working out and eating right is how you get it done. Not what shoes I wore to the gym. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's it's so true. And it's, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone and you know, what, you know, the whole, a lot of people talk about the losing weight, right? Everyone knows what he, you know, what it takes oh, to do that. Right. But yes. no one wants to do it. No one wants to do it. Did I do it over the day? No, I ate way too damn much. Right. And now, now I'm doing it. Right. And mm-hmm. it's just, but I know it, needs to, but, but your, you know it your, needs to be done. But your
1: mindset is sharp enough to pick it back up again. And, and I think that's, that's the difference is that there is a – what I, what I see with my clients is that what I – and, and I'm just going to share it because it needs to be shared. I think the number one thing, the number one thing is to control the downward spiral to not last a week or two, to last a day or an hour or two. And I think once you do that, cause there's downward spirals, you're going to have a bad couple of days. I've, I've had a really fucking shitty morning, but I'm here, I'm working, I'm showing up. I've got more podcasts to do, but you can turn it around. And it's, the problem is, is what happens with people and how they gain weight and how they continue to use abuse alcohol is they let the one bad day turn into three bad days. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah, you keep – you, you rehash
2: it in your head and you just keep going on that. spiral. that not no good at all. And I, I I have those days all the time, right, where I get frustrated. You know, with some roadblocks on this last one, I'm like, you know, it's good. There's no – just keep pushing. Just keep pushing. And, and I, I know it needs to be done. So get off my ass and do it. And things yeah. get better.
1: Yeah, because, because the moment that you start moving again, and the moment those bad thoughts are gone, right? And what I tell everybody is, like, let's say – let's say shit goes sideways, right? Let's say a deal falls through. What if your, are your girlfriends mad at you? Or your wife's pissed? Or your kids are mad at you? What if your default mechanism for when that happened is you went and walked for 30 minutes? Like instead of like turn on Netflix or crack open a beer. Like what if that was your default, right? So no matter what storm you went and got healthy all of a sudden (laughs) and you didn't even realize that you were doing it because eventually it's just going to roll into your subconscious and it's going to be what you do. And I, I think that's what people don't understand is that you can default to something that's actually positive on the other side of the pain.
2: Yeah, Yeah. It's, it's all about, you know, start with tiny habits and they, they you know, they, they build more like the, your, your mantra, right? The 1%, the 1% mm-hmm. a day, right? And mm-hmm. that's all it is. We build that habit and all of a sudden, you know, over the course of a year, a hundred days, if you're 1% better a day for a hundred days, what percent that puts you at, right? The rules of compound interest, right? The compound effect. Darren Hardy, great book. And, and talks about that. The slight edge, you know, Jeff Olson, same thing. Just make slight little changes to, to do something a little bit better. And the payoff, you know, months down the road, years down the road, is going to be mess. It's just that small mm-hmm. trajectory change today that will change everything down the road.
1: And, and something I want to share with you, and I like to get this stuff on camera so it's recorded, you know, I commend you as a person, right? And and we can go down the line of, you know, how I'm inspired by you of the turnaround in your life and, and, and the real estate that you bought. But what I'm excited about more, and I think that probably gets you out of bed in the morning is the shift within the family and the freedom, right? That's available because you didn't say, you know, what, I I fucked up a bunch. Like, I'm just going to beat myself up for the rest of my life. And my, you know, I did this to my family. No, you took a different route. Yes. I did those things, but here we are today. And I stand here in front of you as me. And too many times people have shit that happens in the past. And they just continue looking backwards over and over and over again. And they can't remove themselves from that. And I, when I talk to you and I see you, I see you as this new person like that guy is back there and that's great. And we respect him. But, but, but what I get excited about is how present you are and, and just living this person. And it's, it's really inspiring. I appreciate it, man. And it's, and and that's what drew me to, to to listen to you too.
2: Right. You shared some of your stories, like, Holy shit, man, we're cut from the same clock. You're (laughs) right. You you can be successful. Right. And and, and have had a, a a Rocky, Rocky past. And, Mm -hmm. and, and don't get me wrong, I, I beat myself up plenty in the past. But you know what? Though I'm better than that, right? That's selfish. Doing that to me is selfish, right? Because then all of a sudden I'm not being the best person I could be for my kids, my wife, the people I work with, the ones who are yeah. depending on me. The you know, and I don't want to be selfish, right? I, I don't, I don't want to be selfish. And so you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick myself up, keep moving forward, and I'm gonna live my life today. I'm not gonna live my life from yesterday.
1: Amen. I don't even wanna I don't even wanna share because that was perfect. Boom. So if people wanted to find out about you and get a hold of you, how would they do that thing?
2: Um you could search Marcus Merchant. Uh my 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 face is unmistakable. Just, you, know, you talk about hard headed man, it's, yeah, I gotta okay I'm so hard headed. But uh Marcus Merchant, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Um, I'm always happy to connect and, and help people out and you know, if I, if I can't help, you know, brainstorm, talk about it, or come in contact with people who can, whether it be, you know, on a personal level or or real estate and, and I'm an IT pro too. So anything technical of, uh, that's my, my earned income today. Passionate. And it's one of those things that people struggle with. And, and like, I I love my job. I, I really do love my job here, but it won't give me my time. And that's why I'm looking elsewhere. And, and, for those people out there who love what they do, their daily job, it's not going to get you where they want to be. And start doing something on the side, right? So when you are ready to make that change, when you don't love that job anymore, mm-hmm. that opportunity is there that you're, you're ready to jump and you're not regretting not having done it 20 years ago. And we talked about start young, start early, start small, start somewhere.
1: No, and, and I don't want to get into the weeds with this, but I, I'm tired of people bastardizing W2 jobs. There, there is a It's an avenue that puts food on the table. For your family, if you take some of that income and you invest it in a long-term asset, then you can leave that job sooner. Simple as that. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and, and if you're going to work hating
2: it every day, don't hate it. Change your attitude about it, and it will get better. Right. Couldn't, Find out. Just yeah. write down the couple little things you like about it. Be grateful for like two or three things, and that's it. Your whole outlook on it will change in anything, in anything. Right? Yeah. No, Can't have great more. days of work every day. No, I don't. But you know what. I come to show up every day and my goal is to make it every day, a great day, you know, whether it be work, personal, family, real estate, the whole, the whole night, you know, and connecting with people, people like yourself, man. It's always awesome to connect with people and, and share oh, couldn't, stories. And couldn't forward agree forward. more.
1: That's what it's all about, my man. Well, guys, if you like this episode, make sure you share it with your friends. We really appreciate you listening and we'll see you next time.